Eli's addiction to pornography was destroying his relationship with his wife. But then God intervened. Focus on the family. Help me in my marriage. Probably the exact uh, point and time that I needed it. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can rescue more marriages like Eli's, especially during the pandemic. Please donate today at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. People used to say, is there anything that you would have done differently with your boys? Only two things. I would have been the perfect mother, and they would have been the perfect children. <laughs> and that did not happen. That did not happen on either count. Sheila Irwin joins us today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. And thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. John, I don't know about you, but I've so enjoyed watching my two boys kind of grow into unique people, right? Uh, they're from the same family, but one is more introverted, one's more extroverted. Uh, Trent is very focused on things. He can zero in and concentrate strongly on something. Uh, he definitely has learned how to be in a social setting and speak to people, but it's not where he likes to be. And then Troy is nothing but a social guy. He loves people. <laughs> He's the friend of friends, you know. He's just enjoying people so much. And it's just great to see how different they are, yet moving in the right direction. Yeah, and as you know, we have six, and um, those <laughs> kids are all so different. And I don't know how, but we've, we've got the same thing, a lot of different uh, personality types. I'm grateful that they all get along uh, <laughs> as adults <laughs> and that uh, a lot of them are creative. They have their own little unique places to be creative, but uh, it's been fun to watch. Well, God has a purpose and plan for each of your children, too, and he wants you to mold and shape your children in the way that they need to go, and especially in following Christ. That's the main thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you might notice that your daughter has a knack for talking to people, like I just mentioned, or maybe your son has a deep awareness of justice, or whatever it might be. You need to develop that um, to help us learn how to do that as parents so we can uh, better prepare for that journey is our guest today, Sheila Irwin, and you're going to learn a lot about how to raise up dreamers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sheila is the mom of the filmmaking duo, the Irwin Brothers, and uh, you might have seen some of their movies, including the recent hits like I Can Only Imagine, and then the more recent film, I Still Believe, and uh, Sheila has written a book called Raising Up Dreamers. Find and grow your child's God-given talents, and we have that here at FocusOnTheFamily.ca. Sheila, it's great to have you here at Focus on the Family. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, it's kind of fun. Uh, we've watched your son's career kind of blossom in the recent years, mm -hmm. and uh, their movies are certainly a breath of fresh air for us in the Christian community. We love those movies, and I hope they keep making many, many more, but Speak to that recognition when they were even little boys, you could see they had some desire to do something unique, right? Uh, yeah, uh, John was 12, uh, Annie was 16 when they came to their father and said, we really believe God wants us to make movies, Christian movies. Now, how did you respond? Let's make sure parents get this part right. Because, I mean, I to be honest with you, I might have said, oh, that's good. Here's a... Of you know, iPhone, go use it in the backyard. <laughs> and then you think, that'll be a fad. Yeah. Uh, well, there had been some fads in their lives. Uh, and so, you know, you just dream with them and wait to see what God's going to do. So that's interesting right there, though. You don't give up on their imagination. Mm -mm. So never squelch that desire, especially oh, yeah. in those early years Absolutely. when they want to try something. Yeah. Hank was the one that they came to. So I got, that's I dad. got to get, yeah, dad, I got it 
next. So that was kind of good. <laughs> but uh, Hank was great. He told them two things that day. He said, boys, um, it's going to take 20 years for you to be a success. If you're willing to give 20 years of your life to this, then so be it. How did they respond to that? They said, okay. And where did he come up with the 20 years? He just felt like that was kind of the – he'd seen that in other careers mm-hmm. with other people as well, and it was going to take some time, in other words, mm-hmm. not necessarily just 20 years. Yeah. Although um, I can only imagine came out the 20th year. Yeah, And it was their breakout movie. And so that was really sweet of the Lord. So he told them that, and you've got to be willing to give your life to it. Mm-hmm. That's always good. Um, you suggest raising the child God has given you. Yes. Um, and that infers uniqueness and knowing your child's bent. I think the scriptural mm-hmm. reference would be know your child's bent and raise him up in the way he should go. How did that apply for you? Well, uh, their uniqueness, our boy, like you said for, about your sons, our sons are so very different. Andy yeah. really is the artist. He has the artistic temperament. Uh, and John's more of the business kind of, you know, man. He can sell ice cubes to Eskimos. Uh, and so they make a great blend, but they're very, very different. Uh, but Andrew, I know every mom says their child is a genius, but Andy really <laughs> was. Uh, you know, Andy started talking at seven months. Uh, wow. Yes, he had a seven-word vocabulary by that time. Uh, when he was a year old, he was making sentences. Hmm. At 15 months, he was conversational. Oh, my goodness. Um, and he could read it, too. So he, and by the time he was three, he could start at A and give you a Bible verse for every letter of the alphabet all the way through Z. Oh, my. Uh, and so he was very, very smart. And, and then John came along, and John was struggling. He started the kindergarten not being able to recognize his ABCs. Uh, I thought he had dyslexia. I really did. We found out he had ADHD. So I had to really realize that they were so different, even in their educational uh, type thing. And so instead of presenting it to John as um, a difficulty, we said it was a gift. And so that God had given him a unique way of learning, and he was going to use it, and he has. Mm-hmm. He really has. John couldn't do what Good he does. Uh, and so it, uh, I think it's how you approach it. Yeah. Uh, you know, let me, let me mention something, because in the book you, you uh, spoke about the building of a set in your garage. So some people are going to hear this and go, oh, okay, well, no, no wonder the boys have done well. Mom was really engaged. Dad was really engaged. Speak to that commitment. I mean, you built a movie set in your garage. Now, first of all, I, I want to know how you found the room because it wouldn't work in my garage. But, but uh, you know, there is a certain level when I look at it. I don't know that it's unique. It strikes me as maybe unique support that you and Hank provided your boys. But if not, tell us, because that gives the rest of us hope that we don't have to be super great parents in order to achieve this. But what's that formula look like? Well, I I really don't want people to look at my book and think, oh, if we do it like the Irwins, we're going to get film producers or film directors. Some people might think that. They will. The uniqueness of your child and what God's called you to do. Uh, As far as I was an art major. Oh, uh, okay. You know, and so the artistic type things was fun for me. And I was the artistic child that drove my mother crazy, uh, <laughs> you know, because she wasn't. And, you know, so uh, that got both sides of that. But uh, with the set, it was just a fun thing that we did. We were in ministry, didn't have a lot of money. And so I went out and bought some plywood and some sawhorses. And in the back of our garage, we had a section that we weren't using. And, and actually, we lived on a 
a slope that are to get down to the driveway you had to go straight down so you didn't really get down to the garage you didn't really want to put your car there uh and so <laughs> we used it more as storage but we set it up and i started it and then let them help me finish it and we we did all the star wars things and they played with it for forever and ever and loved it and Andy said that was the beginning of storytelling for him uh, yeah um it really sparked his imagination and i asked him i said why did that mean so much to you and he said mm. because you stepped into my world mm. oh wow and so i i think that as moms whether you're creative or not be careful to step into their world and be a part of what they love not trying to get them to love what you love hmm. yeah Sheila, I'm struck by something you said a few minutes ago, and that was uh, that you told John that he learns differently and that that's a gift. Um, I'm just thinking there are parents struggling with that Mm. because I I don't see it as a gift. I see it as a deficit. So connect that to maybe the child who isn't creative, and I see that as a deficit. Uh, How do I help spark a dream? Yeah, well, every child's different, and God's got a plan. For that child and for that family, we have a thing in our house that says every family has a story. And so for John, it became, because John is not so directly focused, that John can be focused on five things at one time. <laughs> that is unique. You know, and, and he has to, he needs to be because of what he does. Uh, and so God, I think approaching it that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, mm-hmm. whether if God gave us this disadvantage, he's going, like Paul said, uh, I must decrease and he must increase anyway. So it's all about Jesus and him taking what he has put into us. So we didn't want John to think, oh, you're, you know, you, you're not, you know, this is going to be hard and you're not going to make mm. it. And, and now we did bring John home to homeschool him. Uh, the best thing we ever did for John because by second grade, he was reading grade level and making A's. Mm. I mean, he's, because John has an extremely high IQ and a photographic memory. Uh, but he was really struggling with the classroom. And so, didn't like the structure. Well, he just couldn't cope yeah. with the structure. Right. Because, like, if they were having a reading group over here, he was over there. And if there was a robin outside the window, he was over there. And, you know, and so to focus down and do his work uh, was hard, was difficult for him. Hmm. But I think if we approach difficulties, uh, you know, my Bible teacher always said that difficulties are, are um, opportunities in work clothes. So if we approach it that way, that, okay, God's given us this, it's not you know, what we would have chosen, of course, but it's not a bad place either. Sure. It's your place. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the most critical things that you mention in the book is the need to develop your child's faith. Mm -hmm. And you mention helping them understand sin, you know, that it's important to teach kids about sin and what it is. That seems like such a far concept now because we're giving medals to everybody. You're awesome. You're great. And that's all good. It builds up one's self-worth and and self-esteem, and that has a value, you need to be rooted in that too. But talk about sin and saying, hey, son, daughter, uh, this is a part of life. Sin is real. How did you approach that? Well, the way the Lord started me out on that quest was when I was principal at Schofield Christian School in So Dallas. you were a principal? Yes. Okay, now it's all fitting into place. <laughs> Man, okay, that's and one the of, secret. And one of my students was a precious child, but had an argumentative spirit. If I said the sky was blue, she'd say, it's really kind of turquoise, isn't it? 
Yeah, we all know adults that, like that, yeah. by the way. And so her parents, <laughs> I brought the mom in, which was our custom in our school, and I talked with her, and I, I, she wanted examples. She took examples. And then she, she said, I'll get back to you. She got Her husband was getting his doctorate at Dallas Seminary, and so he wasn't there that day. But um, she said as she went over what I'd said with her husband, he began to weep quietly, and he said, it's my sin. He said, I have an argumentative spirit. And so he dealt with that, and then they brought the daughter down and said, Sweetie, this is what's going on, and Dad's confessed his sin before the Lord, but now you need to deal with your sin. And so I wanted to prepare my children so that they knew they were sinners in need of a Savior. Uh, and so we called disobedience what it was, sin, and we dealt with it that way. And hmm. then uh, when they came of age, they understood that they were sinners. It wasn't like, Oh, you mean I'm a sinner? Uh, yeah, you are a sinner, and you need a Savior. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. You have influence. Develop your influence at this year's Global Leadership Summit. Join the live online broadcast across Canada August 6 to 7, when thousands of everyday leaders will learn from our world-class faculty, featuring Craig Rochelle, Amy Edmondson, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Lisa Turkhurst, plus many more. Discover the challenges and opportunities of leading during these times. Tickets for the full two-day experience are $149. Register today for the Global Leadership Summit at gls2020.ca. Reinforce biblical values in your children with fun, hands-on activities from Focus on the Family's Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior magazines. Kids love this entertaining magazine, filled with challenging puzzles and exciting stories all designed to help your children build good character and a strong foundation in God. To order your Focus on the Family magazine subscription to Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior, please visit us at clubhousemagazine.ca. That's clubhousemagazine.ca. Suppose you were to call Deeks Insurance and discover that over the past few years, you've been overpaying on your car insurance premiums, thousands of dollars that could have gone into ministry or be spent on your family. It's more common than you think. Stats confirm even the insurance companies that have taken the most dramatic increases retain 85% of their clients. Not because there aren't alternatives, it's consumer apathy. Call Deeks Insurance at 1-800-240-5283. DeeksInsurance.ca Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Sheila, I really understand the encouragement side. I think I tend to be an encouraging parent. Um, I don't know that I'm as good at getting the boys through disappointment. And so how how do you strengthen both of those areas? So you're a good encourager, yet at the same time, you can also help them through disappointment. Or maybe when that disappointment's yours as a parent. You know, I, sure. played, I played high school sports. I thought, Mom, I have two boys, which I did. The Lord was, you know, gracious. They were athletic looking. <laughs> but they just didn't like football. I mean, you know, I was a football player and uh, and that's okay. I really had to bite my lip, but I guess it was a discouragement a little bit for me, but I had to realize they're different people. They're not me. I lived and breathed it for them. I was like, "Eh, it's not that important to me, dad." <laughs> but how how do you manage that as a as a parent? Yeah, well, it's not your dream; it's theirs. Yes, uh, and and so that's one thing you really have to learn and mm-hmm. to to let it be their dream between them and God, and not try to 
push anything on them as far as what you want them to be or to do, and you'll be a wise parent not to do that. Uh, Disappointment. Uh, We taught our boys that failure is a part of success, and uh, you're going to fail. There are going to be times when you fail. And you're going to have to learn to deal with failure. That's a very important thing before the Lord. We taught them also that all things work together for the good. Uh, We taught them to thank the Lord in all things. So I think learning to fail is very important and learning to get back up. Failure's not the end. Failure's a learning process. Hank was so good with the boys about saying when they would disobey or if they would whatever. He was great about saying, what'd you learn? Yeah. Tell me what you learned, son. And so teaching them to learn from their mistakes, to get up, to get back up and get back in the fight, you know, and figure out what they're going to have to do. And I know Andy did a, a podcast that was on during the quarantine uh, with a group of uh, Christian Actors Guild out in California. It was excellent. But he was talking about that, yes, was it a gut punch when your new movie came out and it was number one in the nation? Uh, I can, uh, you know, I still believe was number one on Friday night, and on Monday morning they closed all the theaters down. Yeah, the and, timing, and it was a gut punch. And what do you do? Do you just sit there and wallow in your pain, or do you say, okay, now how can what can we do now? Yeah. Uh, you know, you go back to Lionsgate and you say, how can we get this into people's hands? And they figured out ways to get the movie, and it's it's broken even now and it's making some money. Uh, not what they had hoped, but what do we do when we get that gut punch? Do we just sit down and wallow in it, or do we get back up? Let me also ask you, in, in what I love about what you're saying, Sheila, is this is not rocket science, but sometimes we get mm. so disoriented as parents, we don't remember to do the basic things. Absolutely. The scripture you even used, what wonderful things, if your kids can leave the home just knowing to trust God in all things, to be grateful in all things, those are wonderful attributes Right there, Mm -hmm. if they really can catch that and leave home as you launch them, just with those handful of wonderful truths. Another aspect for you is prayer and the importance of prayer. Mm -hmm. How did you and Hank manage that in the home? Well, we prayed with our children, and uh, we taught them that God God did the impossible, and we saw him do the impossible over and over and over again. And so we taught them that God could do that so that uh, they believed in prayer. We had a prayer altar, and it was was our big coffee table in the den, and we all gathered around, and Hank would always say, what needs do you have? And we would pray about those specific needs and see God meet those specific needs needs uh, as the boys saw that God really could do that and how encouraging that could be for Mm -hmm. them to learn to pray. And then we prayed for them, not just with them. We prayed with them, but for them as well, uh, because we believe that God's a transforming God. You can't change your child's heart. You can't. (laughs) Hold it. Mom, Dad, did you hear that? You can't change your child's heart. They have to sit in every seat you sat in to get where you are spiritually. They have to have a committed relationship to Jesus Christ. They have to come to know him as Savior. They have to come to know him as their all in all. They have to come to know him as their comfort. They have to know him the same way you do. And that was one of our quotes in our home was to know him and to make him known. Mm. And we had it in big letters in our living room on the wall, to know him and to make him known. And so, um, yeah, it's it's spiritual. And moms, can I say this to you? You have to know the word of God. You've got to know it if you're going to encourage it properly, if you're going to be there for your children, you're going to know the verse. If You've got to know what God's Word said. So you need to be in a Bible study. You don't need to neglect your 
faith. If you know, I remember a young man that went to get his driver's license or permit, and he went in and he took his test and passed it with flying colors. There was only one other young man in the room with him. They walked out as they were walking out. The other young man said, "Well, I failed." He said, "How did you do so well on the test?" And he said, "Well, I studied the manual." He said, (laughs) "You mean there's a manual?" He had not looked at the manual at all. He didn't even know there was one. I think that's what we're doing in the church today. Mm. We say there's no manual for parenting. Yes, there is. It's the Word of God. That's good. And it's there for everything you need. Everything we need for godly living is in that book. And you've got to teach it to your children. Sheila, let me ask you, uh, John and Andy, they faced some obstacles when they released... October Baby. Mm. Take us back to that. That was a great movie, October Baby. It was a pro-life movie. Again, these guys are doing some cutting-edge things in the culture that are very different. Yeah. And these are your boys, your little boys. <laughs> um, but what did they face? How did they, how did they you know, triumph over that? Yeah, uh, after the movie was made, it was a very low-budget movie, and and very much everybody was involved in doing whatever they could do to get everything done for that movie. Um, my mother actually gave them the first one-third of the budget, uh, uh, <laughs> Nana. And John says, I have no shame. I went to my Nana. Uh, but uh, they got it made, and it was it was beautiful. It was a really fantastic movie. They had, there had been some promises made that they would put it in the theaters uh, and the studio that had made those promises backed out uh, because of the content. They said, we can't touch this 10-foot pole. And so they were left with, what do we do? Did we? The first thing they did is they went to prayer together and said, God, did we mishear you? We really thought you wanted this in the theater. They were told by this major studio to just put it on DVD and hope you can make your budget back. And this was a very pro-life pro Yeah, movie. that was the problem. Yes, yeah. it was the story of a young woman who was an abortion survivor mm-hmm. ba- based on someone else's story, not her story, but based on the fact that she was a – they'd found, found that story to, to be true and done a great deal of research on the – it's a great movie, one of, one of my favorites that they did. Um, but anyway, they wouldn't touch it, and so they went to the Lord and said, what do we do? We don't know what to do. And so um, they w- said, we really believe that God wants us in the theaters. And Annie went back to finish editing the movie. Uh, John went out to raise $2 million uh, in two weeks, which God did. Hmm. They'd seen God provide over and over mm, and over in their so li- young good. lives. And God God provided the movie. It was in the, the- was in the theaters, but not before God took them to the end of the of, of things uh, as well financially for them, and so that. But the next day was when God began to bring that money in, and they began to get a paycheck. God did some wonderful things in that last those last moments. Down to seventy five cents. Seventy five cents wow. in their check. There's a lesson. And so they they trusted God to, and and that movie was in the top ten. That little movie that could in three hundred theaters. Uh, you know, God just did miraculous, miraculous things with that little movie. Mm-hmm. Sheila, in the book, you mentioned but God moments. I think I, I kind of understand what that means, but what were you getting at? Well, I think when we get to a point, you know, that we don't know what to do, but God shows up uh, and in miraculous ways, in wonderful ways. And so that's what but God moments that he brings along for us to walk in. Uh, it can be a, almost a miracle type situation, or it can just be as he maneuvers and manipulates our circumstances to get us where he wants us to be. That was what was so fun about going back and writing this book, seeing how many but God moments there really were in our life. Hmm. How many times he said we were going to go this way and he said, no, go this way. Uh, it can be a change in direction. All kinds of things like that, but but God shows up, 
and he does his best work. I love the book of Ruth. And, I, you know, my Bible teacher told me that when Ruth and Naomi were walking through chapter 1 and 2, they didn't know about 3 and 4. Yeah. And, you know, uh, of course, we all know that she's in the line of David. Her son is in that, that line. Ruth marries Boaz, and we get, you know, the lineage that she's, uh, you know, in that lineage. And so I think often we don't get to see those butt moments until we're looking back. That's sometimes. for sure. Yeah, it's so good. Sheila, we're right at the end here, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about probably several moms and dads that feel like they missed it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the mm-hmm. other things, distractions occurred. They weren't as intentional. They didn't build the Star Wars set in the garage. <laughs> Whatever it might be, they're just feeling like I didn't see it. And what would you say to them so they could regain it? And maybe, I don't know if they still have kids in the home or the kids are maybe in their 20s and 30s now, but speak to both circumstances, the mom and dad that still have a, a chance that the kids are at home, they're still growing. What would you say to them? And then for the adult children, the parents of adult children, how do they how do they get back on track? Uh, one thing that we did with our boys, and when we would hit a snag, maybe we weren't doing the things that we should be doing in a certain area, is we would have a family meeting, and we would ask their forgiveness. We would say, look, God's convicted us about this. And then we can't go back and do it over, but we want your forgiveness. And we can promise you that from this day forward, this is the way things are going to be. Uh, and so we would work for things to change. But I, I think as parents, we need to uh, realize that our children are very forgiving. God's sovereign, you know, and we're all in process. That's what we used to say in our home. We're all in process in this house. Everybody, mom, dad, we're not there yet. People used to say, is there anything that you would have done differently with your boys? Only two things. I would have been the perfect mother. And they would have been the perfect children. And that did not happen. That did not happen on either count. Uh, but to go back and seek forgiveness and then to say, if they're at home, say, I want to, I, I, how can I encourage you? Teach me about yourself. I want to know what do you need? How can I help you to achieve what God's calling you to do? And so go back and communicate. Uh, don't just sit around and have a mully grubs and have a pity party and feel sorry for yourself and say, you know, I didn't do it right and it's all over. Well, it's not over till it's over. As long as you're breathing, it's not over. Uh, And so even adult children to go back and say, you know, God's really shown me when I was raising you. Wow, I blew it here and I want your forgiveness. And maybe they're struggling with it and it'll set them free. Yeah. To be able to forgive you. But don't humble yourself before your children. Don't feel like you've got to have it all together and be just right and be perfect. Um, you know, they don't live with you long before they realize you're not perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and so you're in this journey. It's a journey together toward holiness. Yeah. Sheila Irwin. I mean, this has been terrific. Yeah. I was oh, really you. encouraged by this. I wasn't quite sure being the mom of these creative boys that are you know, producing these wonderful movies. A, support the movies because it's important. But B, just knowing the background here, Sheila, Mm -hmm. is so good. I could see you being a fabulous principal. (laughs) I mean, it'd be fun to be at your school. Mm -hmm. You just have such a great knack of understanding the human heart Mm -hmm. with all of our shortcomings and the great potential that we have as human beings Mm -hmm. created in God's image. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great. And be sure to get your copy of Raising Up Dreamers. We have that and a free parenting assessment as well that'll be encouraging to you to find out uh, some areas of strength and maybe an area or two of growth. 
Uh, either way, uh, stop by the website or give us a call. Our number is 800, the letter A and the word family, and online we're at focusonthefamily.ca. And I'll encourage you, if you're able, to make a generous donation to Focus on the Family. Uh, During these summer months, it's really crucial to hear from you, and uh, we need your support. Your gift is going to make a big difference as we create broadcasts like this and deliver uh, just a vast array of help for families across the globe. Donate and get that book when you call 800-A-FAMILY or at focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.